0: This is the MMA Takes Podcast Podcast. With your host, Brian Brian Petrie Son of a bitch I want to keep the uh, look behind the curtain Devin and I just went good 40 minutes 40 minutes of hot fucking takes And I wasn't recording I am such a fucking idiot I am uh, sick to my stomach. So we're doing it again. We've already heard each other's takes, but maybe we'll come up with some new ones. This is a show that Devin's this is Devin's brainchild t- brainchild. So basically what we're going to do is we're going to do this hopefully once a month with schedules lining up. We're going to talk about the most recent things in MMA. We're going to give our takes. We're going to give our opinions. We're going to debate. We're going to do whatever you get the thing, right? You get the you get the idea of it. Uh, I'm a little sick to my stomach that we have to do this all over again because Devin and I both were on fire for that 40 minutes that we can't get back, but the show must go on and I am recording officially. I see the bars going. So, uh, Devin, how you doing, bud? I'm sorry about this.
1: Hey, no, it's all good, man. I got time today. It's it's Sunday. It's, it's in the morning over here still and we're hanging out. I I feel like, um, you know what, if we didn't think that the show was going to bear good content. At least we know now it will. Right.
0: right. We've, said, we've said all the things we want to say, although I hate repeating myself, and I had some good ones on that last one. A lot of things were organic. Hopefully we'll have some more organic things coming up. We only got through, we're each going to do three takes. We both got through two takes. One of our takes are very similar, which we're going to end with. So our takes that we're about to do now, we haven't officially heard yet. So for the audience, to be, be on the up and up, Devin... This is your show, essentially. This is your idea, so go ahead and, and, and give me your first take. I want to hear it. I want to hear the one I haven't heard yet. Let's fucking go. All right.
1: So I, I'm gonna. I have a. Uh, I have a specific way I want to word this. Yes. Um. But my hot take is that now is the best fucking time ever to create the 165 pound weight division. Okay. Now, right fucking now. And this is the reason why Yes, um, Conor McGregor is back fighting at 170 pounds. If any fighter in the history of fighting has the power to create their own weight division, it's Conor McGregor. Yeah. He's fighting at 170. He said, fuck weight cutting. He's, he's, he's already setting the mold. He's doing what these guys were clamoring about six, eight months ago, a year ago for the 165 pound division. So many fighters have talked about it, and there's a guys, there's a plenty of guys at 170 that are small 170 years that could move down, and there's plenty of big 155ers that would love that bump up, but don't quite want to, you know, fight the guys at at 170. There's man, there's 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 so much that there's so much potential for that right now, and so many dollar signs. If they create a 165 pound division, yes, it's going to cost them dollar signs, but think about giving Connor a belt, who, just giving Connor a belt and having him, having him fight for a belt and then having him defend a belt in two fights will, will pay their investment for that 165 pound division tenfold. It'll forever be cemented in history. He'll be a three division weight. It, it'll, it would just be, it'd be crazy. And I'm not a huge Connor fan, but I'm a huge fight fan. And I really feel like this is the best time to do this. I really feel like that this can happen there's there's connor's got all the power in the world to, to you know pull the strings and make this happen and i, I really think now's the time to, to make this happen
0: can't disagree with there i mean if, if connor can't get it done no one can get it done dana has been adamant that it's not going to happen he doesn't want to dilute um the belts right because boxing has a belt every two pounds or whatever so i get that argument however he also said the 70 pounders would have to go so you would have to probably bump up to 175. I've discussed this on the podcast before. My problem is, is I don't love guys that go up and down and belt chase. Right, like it's okay for the sport, but sometimes like the TJ Dillashaw is going to 125. He looked horrible. He got knocked out. That was the wrong move. He went down there to belt chase. He wanted to go down there to win a title. I don't love that. I like the idea of guys moving up because of um, because it's healthier, right? They fight no- healthier their, their weight class. However. I don't think you should be able to move down. So if you're 175 pounds, you shouldn't be able to move down. If you move down, then you can only move up, right? And if you're 155-er and you're like, this weight cuts kill me, I need 165. If you've been on the record of saying I need a 165 weight class, then when you at 155, if you move up to 165, you can't go back down because weight cutting is bad. Everyone talks about how weight cutting is terrible. So if you need a 165 because... You're too small for one or too big for 155, too small for 170. 165 is perfect, then you can't go down. Like, I can see just a lot of belt chasing and a lot of things getting held up. 165 pound division would be great. I think you got to move up the welterweight because that's only a five pound difference. Every division has about a 10 to 15 pound. Difference besides 185 and heavyweight are a little different. But five pounds isn't enough to distinguish. Like you gotta move it up at least 10 pounds for 175, which I think would help the guys at 170 too. I think Tyron Woodley would be happy weighing 175. Same with Kamar Uzman. Those extra five pounds will have these guys looking big. 165 is a great idea. I love I want the belt. I want 165 division. I think it's a great idea, but we need to put kind of rules on it because then you're gonna have a lot of fucking guys belt chasing max holloway will jump up to 165 no problem you know what i mean like and he's the 145 pound champion so then it's like that's another division getting held up and then the last thing people want to have is more interim titles which could happen when everyone floods this weight class you know i think there's a lot of things to be ironed out but your take of conor mcgregor bringing 165 i think is 100 true i think this guy can do it If, if anybody can do it it's him haven't really heard him talk too much about it um, but like if there was a 165 pound weight class, him and Cerrone would have fought at 165 instead of 170. You know what I mean? They would they, they easily because Connor was weighing 100%. Connor was weighing like 168 fight week. He those three pounds you could sleep off, you know, sleep off. Uh Cerrone's putting on muscle to make 170. Like it's not a big cut for him. So um, yeah, I, I like 165. I'm not against it at all. I understand Dana's point of view with the fact that he doesn't want to be like boxing and 170 is gonna get ruined. You might just have to bump the lines a little bit, change it up a little bit, but there's nothing wrong with more champions, right? Having more people defend your belts. My biggest issue is the that's, is the belt chasing.
1: That And that's a problem. They should definitely make some sort of stipulation to where you can't move down if you meet a certain... And maybe not, because what about the dudes like... So the same thing that weight, weight cutting is unhealthy, but what about the dudes that are just too big for 155, but just too small for 170 that just take beatings? Right. Like, look at, I don't, and they don't take beatings, but like, look at RDA, look at RDA's last fights, like as sure. healthy, as unhealthy as it is to weight cut is, and it's also that unhealthy to keep losing fights. Right. Um. So, and so there's like, you can play two sides of it. Um. What about, it's. It's strange too and then if you think about if you want Connor to have a belt as far as what brings money to the sport, right. Connor's not he's he's the hardest fight for him is at 155 pounds
0: yeah he's well I mean back down to he's not beating kamar Uzman either I mean if he wants to once if he wants to 170 pound but he's not beating him and kabib's a tough matchup
1: there's still and, and, for, and I I'm, I feel like you I I think I've heard you say that that you think Connor beats Khabib if they rematch. But ah! I think it's still. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think the betting line would sway more in Khabib's favor for the second time around.
0: A hundred percent. Yeah, Connor would be a huge underdog for sure. So um, since you the biggest
1: since, he's ever been.
0: since you did it, I'm going to give you my first take. Here it is. I said it on the podcast last week. Conor McGregor will beat Khabib in the rematch. And I'm not saying that because I'm a Conor fanboy. I truly believe it. I've watched their first fight about 10 times. And then, not to discredit Tony Ferguson at all, because Tony Ferguson is a legit dude. If Tony beats Khabib and Conor and Tony fight, he finishes Tony within two. Woo! For an an anti-Conor guy, what what do you have to say about that?
1: Um, that it's the biggest trifecta in MMA and that's super plausible. Um, I think that the chances of Conor beating Khabib are like a, are like a 30, 70. I think he's got like a 30, 35% chance to win a a, a second round. You know, I'm, I I just think Khabib will, I think Khabib is the best fighter to ever fight with emotion. Yeah. And I think that after that, I think Connor can let things go and won't hold the same grudge. But I think that the way that Khabib was raised and just the mentality that the guy has, I think that once that guy doesn't like you, I don't think that there's any going back. And I think he's going to want to brutalize you every time he gets an opportunity to. And I think the second fight, he'll fight even angrier yeah. with even more emotion, which could be... See- I, not as good for Connor.
0: <laughs> I believe Connor, right? So Connor came out and said that was the worst training camp of his life. He would he literally hired training partners, put them in hotel rooms in, in Dublin, said, All right, come down to the gym. And instead of training, working, it would be a full-out fight. Then he disappeared for three days. I believe him, right? I'm not, I don't think he's making excuses. I think he just had a bad training camp. I think he got wrapped up in the proper 12. I think he was drinking fight week, all that shit. But if you look at the fight. That first round, Khabib did nothing. Khabib absolutely did nothing. Connor, in that first two minutes, he kneed him in the head, and the wrestling exchange was pretty even. And Connor didn't give up position at all. He just got—well, he gave up position, but he didn't give up any more positions. Second round, he got lazy, got caught. He came down every round with his hands down, caught a big overhand right, and then got pulverized on the ground. Third round, make the argument Khabib took off, but Connor had no snap to his punches, was gas, but was still landing shots on Khabib. If Connor's in shape and Connor has those snaps, those punches he landed on Khabib in the third round are going to have a little more damage this time around. All you got to do is have Connor in shape. I think Khabib is a terrific fighter. I actually like Khabib. I'm starting to like him. His work, et- work ethic um, it- and the way he fights him, he embarrassed Dustin Poirier. But another hot take, I think Dustin Poirier had a more embarrassing performance than Conor McGregor. I think Dustin Poirier, that fight with Khabib, he looked like shit. He was coming back to his corner saying, I got no space. I can't get this fucking guy off me. What did you think was going to happen? Like, who did you sign up for to fight, right? And his punches looked super sloppy. He did nothing on the ground. Got choked out quicker than Connor got choked out. So I think Connor's the guy to beat Khabib. If anybody's going to beat Khabib, it's, I think Khabib beats Tony. And I think Khabib and Conor will fight probably at the end of the year again if, if everything goes right, if money works out and all that. And I think Conor gets him. I don't know how. I don't know if Conor can knock him out. He definitely is not going to submit him. But I think Conor gets it done. I believe in my guy. Because they're here. To, they're not here to take part. They're here to take over, Devin. They're not here to take part. They're here to take so over. So
1: what would have happened in the second round of that fight between Khabib and Conor if Dan Mergliata was the referee?
0: Uh. P- I don't know, Dextine Dan. Uh, I don't know. I hope, let's just hope that she never happens. It might have been a stoppage. Let's just okay, hope that never. Let's just hope that never happens, right? But Connor almost got Connor got the shit kicked out in that second <laughs> round. But he came on the third round. And he won it. He beat Khabib and he took a round from Khabib. stopped takedowns that round as well. That third round had a lot well, of problems. Was it in
1: the same fashion?
0: No, <laughs> well,
1: but was it in the same fashion? It was
0: But <laughs> has anybody done that to Khabib? Dustin Poirier didn't oh. win a second of their fight. Ally Quinta, everyone's praising Ally Quinta because he didn't get finished. That guy won what? Like the fifth or fourth or fifth round he was he was boxing with Khabib. Khabib didn't even take him down. He didn't even win that. He was getting outboxed by Khabib. Let's just be honest, right? It's admirable because he took the fight on such short notice. But let's not let's not praise Ally Quinta because this is also the guy that got finished by Cowboy Cerrone, or excuse me, got his ass kicked by Cowboy Cerrone in five rounds and, and Connor knocked him out in forty seconds. He's Let's not forget about peace that. Up, yeah, let's not forget peace about that. Up, let's yeah. not forget about IL Quinta I that just got bad. destroyed by Dan Hooker <laughs> either, right? Let's just, let's not forget about that. I just think so, Connor matches up well with Kambi more than anybody else if he's prepared. Now I can't say if he starts drinking that proper twelve and starts banging chicks again, I don't know what's going to happen. But if he's the focused guy that came in with Cerrone, I think he gets it done. What do you do?
1: You think he'll ever go a one forty five again?
0: No, no, no. I don't think he. I don't think he can make one forty
1: five.
0: Which is a shame because and, I mean, he's he's getting older, right? He's thirty one or thirty, and I think one forty five has been his best weight class. I mean, he only has one win at one fifty five in the UFC. He's got one win. That's it. And he's got two wins at one seventy, and all his and, wins are at one forty five.
1: Yeah. And Eddie Alvarez folded like a fucking. Chair.
0: Yeah, I mean Eddie Alvarez had no chance. I mean that was his only fight at one fifty five. He's one and one at one fifty five in the UFC he's uh what is he two and one at 170 cowboy in, in both the ds fights and then all his wins are at 145 he made his career at 145 it's a dangerous weight cut i hate weight cutting he's getting older i understand it but to get down to that 145 weight he has to be in insane shape and that's why i think he fights the best there he's big he walks through everything there at 155 he's not that big of a guy he can fuck off and still make 155 and he obviously did against the khabib fight 170, he really can fuck off and not because he walks around at 170. No matter what he eats, he could eat pizzas every day. He's going to be in the 170 pound range. He's just that's just what he is. Um, but yeah, I like him. I like him. I like him. If he, I hope he fights Tony, I think he embarrasses Tony. I think he fucking embarrasses Tony. Not even close. What do you? Well, you know let me what? ask you. Let that's... me ask you a question. Who do you think would win, Tony or Khabib? Or excuse me, Tony or Connor?
1: So that's the weird trifecta we have here because I think Tony is the hardest matchup for Khabib because Tony's so active off of his back. Yes. And just so active in any grappling exchange. But then on the feet, Tony gets flat footed. He stands Mm -hmm. sideways. He throws punches from his hips sometimes and he's really, really hittable. And Conor McGregor has the power and the act, you know, and it's not even the crazy, like, you know, make your eyes roll back power. It's, it's almost like an Anderson Silva type power with just pinpoint accuracy yeah when he hits you and he he you know like he he doesn't hit you in the face he hits you right in the shutoff point right on your jawline mm-hmm. or he hits you right in your fucking temple, or he hits you right behind the ear right like when he throws a, a you know he's not you know he's not he's not just throwing a barrage to try to hit you in the head somewhere he is aiming and throwing accurate punches and i think that tony can be hit um and, and Tony has a pretty good chin. He'll get hit and he'll do like a fucking backward yeah, Brandy he, roll. And you he's know, been like,
0: dropped <laughs> several times. Yeah. Yeah. He's he, like, he gets hit. and he starts. <laughs> he's so crazy he not- that like his brain is so crazy that it, it just won't allow him to get knocked out. Like, like, that's how crazy his brain is. Like, you know, everyone has that shutoff point where like your brain shuts down to protect your body. Right. That's why you get knocked out. You get hit in the head. Your brain goes, Nope, we got to shut down so we can protect ourselves. Tony doesn't have that. That's how crazy that guy is. I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't have the surgery. He was like, they found that part of the brain that knocks you out and he fucking removed it. Like this dude is nuts, certifiably insane, but great fighter. And I agree with everything you say. His striking is a little underwhelming. He does have bricks for hands. though. he fucks dudes up with his hands. He has heavy hands. I mean, he has knockout power, but it's not like clean knockout power. He just overwhelms people with his like, thudding punches like the guy hits so hard and it's just his hands are big and it fucks dude's faces up but yeah connor i think sleeps him and uh i think khabib beats tony i I don't think tony's ready for khabib khabib is just a different animal on top and you know uh i'm not really worried about that i mean tony doesn't have like he has a good darts choke but other than that like i don't see khabib getting caught in arm bar submissions i think the only way you're going to get khabib in a submission is is by a guillotine choke Dustin Poirier had a pretty tight one, but I still don't even know if Khabib will go out. Like, that dude's so crazy, too.
1: No. I think he's just so strong. Last year The guys that just power. You know the guys that just, they use technique, but they can also just power out of submissions with no technique? Yeah. I think Khabib has the power to power out plus the technique on top of that. So I think that he's just a hard fucking guy to submit. Like, he, you know, like DC talks about grappling and wrestling um with with khabib and you know that that and dc is a heavyweight olympian you know wrestler and khabib is a you know he walks around at probably near 200 pounds they probably got a close to 100 pound weight 100 pounds between them both right and uh they get and khabib gives them a run for his money when they grapple
0: ed Bruce, who is 170 pounder he probably walks around about 190 multiple W W, uh, NCAA champion, multiple WNCBA champion. And, uh, him and Khabib, Josh Thompson was talking about on Rogan's podcast, him and Khabib go at it. And there's times where Khabib gets the better of it. Most of the time, that's how good he is. Um, they brought Jordan Bur- Burroughs in, who is a little smaller than Khabib, but a fantastic wrestler. Haven't heard stories yet about how that went down, but Khabib is something else. He's, he's fantastic. Kid from Dagestan who did, you know, wrestling with bears to rest. You know, he's not an Olympic wrestler. He's not an NCAA re- wrestler. He's none of those things. He's a fucking just a dude that wrestled bears that has a good Sambo background and is freakishly smart and talented at what he does. All right, let's move on to the next take. Devin, you did. Yeah, you led the last one. I'm going to lead this one. We've already heard it. I want to discuss it further. Darren Till, hot take number two from your guy. Darren Till, if he fights Darren Cannonier at UFC 248, March 7th, he will beat Darren Cannonier by either decision, a 60% chance by decision, 40% chance uppercut KO. I have a vision. I see it. I see my scowls. I see Darren Till winning that fight. Tell me. And let's not talk about Kelvin Gastelum this time because that's what we did last time. Fuck Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah, tell me why Darren Till. Tell me why Darren doesn't win. I want you to tell me why he doesn't win.
1: Um, so I won't go on to Kelvin Gastelum, right? Um, but I am disappointed in him. But with with Darren Till Cannon here, I really think that um, if he fights that fight smart, just like you were saying, um, you know, just like you were saying earlier how Cannoneer might not have the best footwork. He's he's kind of plodding. He does move forward. He's a little bit flat footed. Um and and that in in that reasoning, it's because he throws power. He you know, most of his Correct. whether it be a leg kick or a body kick or or you know, anything the guy throws, he you know, he, he plants his feet and he lets it fucking fly. Yeah. And uh, all those guys are all dangerous. Yep. Um any guy that does that's dangerous, especially a guy as big and as powerful as Cannoneer. I think that you know, I think Darren Till he, he can be fast in and out. He has good movement. He, he, you know, he can apply pressure. He knows how to cut the cage off well. Um, Like, he's, he can counter-strike. I think he could, you know, potentially get in and get out and pose some threats to Cannoneer, but I just think Cannoneer has a different type of strength. I think that he can play on his feet and, you know, take one to give one, and he's not the guy to take one to give one and give one against. I right. think that... If, if, if Cannonier works on his footwork and he can move forward and cut the cage off and, and trap, and trap Till, um, I, I, really think, you know, a big overhand could really hurt the southpaw fighter. Um, Darren Till is good at moving in and out. He's fast, but he, he, he doesn't have much striking besides, uh, you know, a lead one and two. He moves in and out. He, he likes to throw that straight left down the middle. That's his, that's his go to. That's, he really likes to time that. He really likes, you know, he really likes to use that punch. And I just think Cannonier, if he were to use the proper footwork and he could get him trapped against the cage and maybe throw and hurt, you know, if he can, if he can throw those leg kicks and hurt Till's legs and stop his footwork and then, and then, you know, trap him and hit him with a big counter or even just, you know, let a big combination go, I think he can hurt Till pretty bad.
0: Um, I have, I I have another question for you. Why do you hate Darren Till so <laughs> much? You never you know, believe I was in him. So hot. You never believe in him. I was oh, super. I actually loved Till. I loved him, but I think
1: I really loved him. I even picked him to, against Woodley, which is stupid. Um, that was a dumb pick. Uh, um, did you pick him against Woodley?
0: <laughs> no. I. Oh yeah. I, I've I've never picked against him. I've picked him in all his fights. Oh, he's yeah. your guy. So you, yeah. You pick him <laughs> every fight. Every fight, I picked, I picked him. In. So.
1: I feel like that he's been moved along uh, pretty quickly. It's um, that's, that's not that I don't like him. I just think that he should be – he needed a slower buildup, mm-hmm. and now he's in an even more dangerous division.
0: I think he's in the right division. Over that's my biggest – I think, think he's, he's in the right division. I don't think he should have fought 170 100%. ever. I think he should have been. I mean, he's 6'2". So he's fuck, and his legs are huge. Usually he's when big. a guy's at, at 6'2", and they fight at welterweight or whatever, at 170, 150, their legs are tiny. Tiny little, itty-bitty legs. This dude is big. If I stood next to him, I'm six one and a half, two sixty, two fifty 260, 250 right now. If I stood next to him, he'd be, it'd be really hard to tell without our shirts off, like, who's bigger than him? Because, I mean, he's a big, he, big dude, and he's got big fucking legs. Really big Shouldn't have been at 170.
1: He's a really, really big I it's, should have never been at 170.
0: It's ever, that ever, old ever, mindset 100%. where you, the bigger the guy, the better you are. You can pull people over, whatever. My what I love Jared Ken as I said, uh oh well, actually I don't know if people have heard me say this, but I've watched a lot of footage of him late, lately I watched all his fights, all his last fights, even his losses, heavyweight fights, light heavyweight fights, 85 fights. I watched all of Darren Till's fights multiple times as well. Ken Near, what I've noticed from the Silva fight. And from the Jack Manson fight is his leg kicks are really, really good. They're not super windy up and they're not going to fuck, you know, they're not super tie style, but every kick he's landing. I mean, he made Anderson Silver quit and he hurt Jack Manson a lot with those leg kicks. Darren Till has went on record and I'll, I'll never find the interview and I'll never get the sound bite. But I remember he said. Leg kicks don't bother him because he fought Thai for so long. He's a Muay Thai guy. He fought in Thailand. Leg kicks don't bother him. He has said that before. That's going to really come to test here if you fight Kane in the air because those leg kicks are fucking dense and solid. The guy's just made of fucking brick. I think Darren Till, like you said, I think he's going to – have a real easy time circling around Cannoneer, picking shots from far away. Cannoneer doesn't really defend against head kicks all that well because he usually catches the kick and try to go in for the takedown, which is fine. I just think Darren Till needs to pepper some kicks up there. His left straight is really, really good. Um, I think Darren Till can just – he's faster as well. He's just quicker. I see him just outworking – Uh, Jared Cannonier in this fight. 100%. I can just see him outworking him. And uh, he's my guy. I'm obviously biased. But uh, yeah. And I like Jared Cannonier. I said on the MMA Takes Awards, he's a guy that I'm really looking forward to. He's a beast at 185. Everyone says he's a dark horse. And he is. And he can easily beat Darren Till, right? But Darren Till's my guy. I was impressed with his Gaslam performance. I thought he fought really smart. I think if he fights like he fights against Wonderboy Thompson, it's going to be an easy night for him. Easy night. I just said easy uh, night, bro. Easy uh, night against Jaron kidding That's so probably burning okay. you up. So do you hate Till so much? That's probably burning you up inside.
1: So if Cannoneer wins, who does he fight next? And then if Till wins, who do they fight next? And then, um, respectively, easy. what happens? I got this figured out. What up. happens to each of if they lose?
0: Okay. So if Cannoneer wins, he fights, um, he's probably got to fight one more time, right? He's probably got to fight one more time because Costa's next. So Costa was going to be ready in April, Adesanya Yoel is going in March. Let's just say in some crazy world that would never happen, Yoel wins. There's a rematch. So if there's a rematch, then Costa and Kananir fight. If not, then Adesanya, who wants to be a quick turnaround, he's going to beat Yoel. Sorry. He's going to turn around probably August, fight uh, Costa. Kananir should not wait that long. So if he beats Till... He should go into August expecting to fight maybe Kelvin Gaslem or Robert Whitaker. They can rebook that. No one knows how far uh, away those fights are. Those are big fights. Uh, Jerry Near, I believe, only has how many wins does he have at eighty five? Is it only three? I think he only has three wins. It's not like he has like five or six. Like he is the 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 dark horse, the darling, but um, I don't know if, if if he has that many wins uh, 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 at the, at the weight. Um, here we go. I'll tell you right now. I pulled it up. So he's got Dave Branch. He's got Anderson Silva and Jack Hermanson. Dave Branch isn't in the UFC anymore. Anderson Silva's 100 years old. Jack Romanson was a big win. So he needs to fight one more time if he beats Till. That'll be four wins in a row. He'll need to fight again. If Till wins, same situation. Adesanya will fight Costa. Then Till, who's called out Whitaker a million times, would fight Whitaker. And there's no sense of rematching Gaslam. Gaslam. And then if Ken Neer loses to Till... Till fight Whitaker, Cannonier fights Gosling. I just figured it out. I just made Sean Shelby's job so easy.
1: And then, um, who do you think? So that prospect, Edmund Shabazi, and do you yeah. think maybe they can slide him in to fight, to fight one of those losers? If, uh, if, uh, if he's
0: so right? he's so young. You just talked about how you thought they brought Darren Till up a little too soon. I think I I think the UFC thinks that as well. After what happened in the Woodley fight, he he got embarrassed in that fight, and then. Rebound it pretty horribly off. I mean, was on a run, so there's no shame in getting knocked out by that guy. But um, no, I, I I can't see Shabazian stepping up unless he does something short notice. I think they got to give him somebody like a Derek Brunson. They got to give him someone right there in that meaty, that medium pack. He's so young that it just makes no sense to really, really rush him on. Um, I like Shabazian. I didn't think I would. I like him. But let me look at 185 here. Okay, so Shabazian is nine. So I think you got to give him Brunson. I think you got to give him... God, there's not many people at 85 ahead of him. Maybe he is there. Maybe he is. Like, Jack Hermanson would be a really interesting fight as well if he, if he can get that fight. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I just think... I mean, he's like, what, 20-something? He's super young. I
1: think he's 21. And right. I actually think that he's... I think he's I think he's matched up against Brunson already. I think that they might have they did announce it. It's for March 7th. They fight They fight uh, okay. on that card. Well, see, there you go. I didn't. So did
0: maybe I did see that and it got an implement into implanted in my head and I didn't know it. Or I should just be the UFC matchmaker because I got all the answers. But yeah, I mean, that's what that's what happened. If he gets by Brunson, then he's moving up. Right. And then there's obviously opportunity. He could fight Gaslam. Gaslam has nobody. He could fight Whitaker. He could even fight Cannonier if Caneer loses. You're right. I think that's a good point that you made. He definitely could. Uh, he can get in there. All right. So I need your second take, brother. Give me your second take. Make it hot. All right.
1: My second take is Wiley Zhang is a problem for everyone
0: at 115.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Zhang Wiley. Zhang Wiley. And you're talking about her fighting style, not her coronavirus, right? <laughs> um, Ooh, give it up. Hilarious. I don't have a rim shot. I, of- I was. I don't have a rim shot Kobe. sound effects. Yeah, I don't have a rim shot Kobe. sound. Effect. That's too soon, bro. Too soon. I don't have a rim shot sound effects where I just nailed that fucking joke. Yeah, I agree with you though. I mean, she's she's a problem at one one fifteen, and uh, she's a fucking beast. She's a beast. There's no doubt here. I told I said earlier that no one heard Tatiana Suarez got that wrestling. That's and she's big. I mean, she's like five nine or something. She's. A big girl for 115. I'm. I, she'll end her career at 125, maybe 135. I think if her and Wang Zali fight, I think that's going to be a real big problem for Wang Zali.
1: I. And that's that's probably. Uh, you know, I probably agree with you on that. I really think that that's the. Um, I really think that's the next possible match to make there. Um, you know, she has a lot of lingering injuries, a lot of neck problems. Um, so I don't know. After seeing her Nina answer off performance and then, you know, with her with her lingering injuries, I don't know if UFC is going to be in a rush to make that fight. Um, they got Rose coming back against Andraj, and if she does what she was doing to Andraj in the first round and doesn't get caught, um, and get picked up and slammed on her head, I, I really think that Rose can run away with that fight and then that's a fresh matchup. Right. Um, which would be very interesting because Rose has beat Joanna twice. Mm-hmm and Joanna has to beat Andrade. So right. if Wiley gets through Yolana, I really think, and Rose gets through Andrade, that's the fight that they're going to
0: make after that. My que- my only question with that, and I 100% agree with you, if Rose beats Andrade and Zayn Wiley wins, Rose is next. 100% former champion. I just don't know if she wants it, her commitment level, right? She's flirted with the idea of might not want to fight anymore, right? And I don't want someone going in like half-hearted. I have seen on Instagram that she did say she's like found her love again. I think her and Pat... Her fiancé, Pat Barry moved from Colorado to Minnesota. I think they're training where it all started because they're both from Minnesota. Or Pat's from New Orleans, but he trained in Minnesota. That's where he met uh, Rose. I think they went to Minnesota to kind of rejuvenate everything. They got out of Colorado, which might have been a good thing for him. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think, I mean, there's no one else. But Suarez, I think, needs one more fight. Have an impressive fight at 115. And then, uh, and then she'll get the shot. But yeah, if Rose wins and, and Zhang Wali wins, that's a matchup, and that's a that's a big boy matchup for two little women. That's a big boy matchup for one fifteen.
1: Oh yeah, that and you know that's the one fifteen is super stacked. It might be the most stacked division in the UFC. It definitely ah, is the most stacked in women's MMA. Um, the so after, um. After like, vulture weight and, and lightweight men's divisions, 115 is right around lurking in that, you know, number three, number four spot for most stacked divisions. Um, they're, they're pretty stacked in there. And then you got men's 145. They're all, they're all fucking stacked these days, but one, women's 115 is a really strong division. Um, they really, really, it's a really, really stacked division and I'd like to see, um what the future holds. I really hope I'm picking Wiley to beat Joanna. And I'm hoping that she does because D'Owana's fought so many of the girls at 115 already that, you know, with, with Zhang being that champion, I really think there's a lot of fresh mashups that, that can happen. And I think, uh, Wiley has the potential to be a dominant champion with a lot of really good fights. Um, she's got really good, really, good, really, really, really good counter punching, really good pocket boxing. She's got good elbows, really good clinch. Um, the Andrage fight, I, I haven't been, you know, not a lot of fighters will impress me with one performance. I need to see two, three, four of str- them strung together to be really, you know, hyped up on them. But Wiley really impressed me. She, she stayed in the pocket with Andrage, something that no one does. Um, and it was just, it was really impressive performance. And I think that she's got the perfect mixture of, you know, the technicalities, like Rose possesses all that technical skill and then she has, you know, m- equal power, if not more than Andrage. I, I think she's the perfect match. And, she could be the kryptonite to a lot of those girls.
0: Yeah, I just I need to see more of her wrestling. I've seen her fights in the UFC. People have tried to take her down. Her wrestling defense isn't awful. Whatever, she's strong. She's athletic. She's really talented. Just that part of the world, I think you can only reach your limit of how good your wrestling is going to be because there's not many great wrestlers in, that, in Asia, right? So she's going to reach that limit. That's why when I think she runs into somebody like Tatiana Suarez, I think it's going to be a problem. But she also could be a problem with Tatiana Suarez. I mean, she hits hard. She's super athletic. Tatiana Suarez isn't the most athletic girl in the world. She's kind of big, lanky, um, and and her wrestling's really good, but I wouldn't say she's like a... I mean, she's a world-class athlete. I mean, she's a, she's a, in the UFC. She's one of the number one contenders, but... She's not like Wang's Ali athlete. And I think Rose and Joanna and are really good athletes as well. But Tatiana Suarez is ranked number three. I didn't realize she was that high up. But uh, yeah, I mean, 115, I mean, it's it's, right it's stacked, I guess. I'm not excited. Like, like the top four are good. I'm not excited about Nina Nasaroff. I'm not excited about Claudia Godela. Carla Esparza, no thank you. Michelle Watterson, yeah, I, I, I think she can get some wins in there. Marina Riguez is, in, is on a roll. Cynthia Cavillo, solid prospect. Needs to kind of get over that hump at this point. Fleece Herring, I mean, when's the last time she fought? Was it 2008? I don't even know when's the last time she fought. Tisha Torres stinks. Alexa Grasso stinks. Carolina Kar- Kovacevic super hot. Mary in a heartbeat. But I-, I don't really want to see her fight that much anymore. And the of Rebos is-, is the darling who's ranked number 15. She's incredibly gorgeous and also a really, really talented fighter. So 115, I think there's a lot of good women in there. But I think a lot of these old people like Felice and maybe Carolina, they maybe need to kind of fall out of the top 15 and let some of these other new guys new gals rise up in my opinion. But yes, Wang Zali 100%. is phenomenal. I'll agree with you on that. And hopefully she doesn't have that awful disease that we joked about on the first time around oh that I won't joke about again. Let's just say I'm not scared of the coronavirus, okay? I'm, I'm issuing a challenge. I never got the fl- swine flu. I never got SARS. I don't travel to China. I don't eat bats. I'm not worried about coronavirus. All right, so uh, that was your take. So I got one, right? So you've done two. I've done two. Here's my third one. This, this is what uh, this is the heavyweights. We both kind of have the same take, so we'll just go on a end the show with this with our takes here because we both have similar takes. My take is... DC, that's Daniel Cormier, former champ, champ, uh, broadcaster, ready to retire. Him and Stipe Miocis won't fight a third time because of everything going on with Stipe's eyes and what he has said. He said he doesn't want to think DC deserves it, whatever the quote was. I think DC will retire. Go off and do broadcasting either with UFC or WWE. I've heard WWE has offered him some sort of deal when he's done with UFC. I don't know if that's true or not. And I think DC, or excuse me, Stipe will fight the winner of Agani, Rosenstruck, or Curtis Blades. That's my take. Heavyweight division is actually pretty exciting right now, which makes me excited. Um, I like the heavyweights. You know, I'm a, a big guy myself. I like watching these big fucking guys throw them hands, and uh, we got some really fucking good ones. Gun to your head, Devin. At the end of 2020, the heavyweight champion is. Uh, too long. You know. got shot. You got shot. It that was be, way too long. You were, you no, were shot. I,
1: it, could, <laughs> it could be, it could, it could, it could, it could be Stipe. Um, and it, it could be nobody. It could be yeah. vacant. Yeah. I think it might be vacant. I think that they'll, I think if Stipe won't fight DC, I think that's the money fight at heavyweight. I think that DC is in such good graces with Dana White that Dana White will, will try to force Stipe's hand. And we'll say you fight DC or you relinquish. Um, and the only way that that could be avoided is if Yarzino Rosenstrike knocks out Francis and violently and then says, you know, I know what you did to Francis. Look what I just did to Francis. I'm going to do that to you. If yeah. he says that to Stipe, that could force Stipe's hand and then Stipe will, will, will take that fight. But I think that that. If, if, if Steepeg refuses to fight D C like what he's saying he's going to possibly do, I really think that if if Enganu beats Rosenstrike that egg is stripped and they might do Enganu Blades three
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which which could be interesting. Um but the heavyweight is it's like it's it's got a big a critical log jam and you know this could be a really potential Problem if Engano uh, does beat Rosenstrike and and then Stipe refuses, and it, yeah, and that could be that could be um, Ngannou's best chance to you know to win a belt. Listen, they
0: they want. I don't think the UFC has an agenda. I would never say they fix fights. That's bullshit. I don't think they do. However, the way they promote people, you can kind of tell who they're promoting for certain reasons. They want Francis Agani to have that heavyweight title. Stipe Miocic, for whatever reason, and Chael Sonnen just talked about this on Brendan Schaub's Food Truck Diary Show or whatever the fuck. For whatever reason, Stipe hasn't really caught on. Like I like Stipe. He's from Ohio. He's a firefighter. He's an okay looking dude. He kind of mumbles his speech. Like he's kind of funny though. If you have ever seen any of the embeds with him, he's he's pretty funny. Um, he's he seems like a good guy. Everyone like likes him, right? But he's never really gotten over, right? He's, he's a fantastic fighter. He's winning fights by knockout. He's not a boring fighter by any means, but he's never really gotten over that hump for whatever reason. Francis Leganyu is a, a guy who, who has a great story from Africa, grew up in France, is a fucking killer, good-looking dude, stylish guy, ripped up, can knock out anybody in the world. He's already over Right. And it could be just that really good story. Most Americans are immigrants. So seeing him come over and do well, maybe that's like a, a thing that we have. But then you got this true American guy who's a fucking firefighter and it's like he hasn't got over yet. And I don't understand why. And I, and Chael said the same thing I just said. And I don't, and I don't understand why he hasn't gotten over. I don't understand why pe- more people don't support Stepe. Um, Because he wins fights by knockout. He's exciting. And, you know, he's one of the most decorated heavyweight fighters in the UFC ever, right? And he holds several records. But for some reason, the UFC maybe it's his beef with Dana White, maybe it's the fans or whatever. But, like, he just isn't the guy like that people were like. Usually, when you're a heavyweight champion, I mean, for one, at one point, people loved him, Sylvia, which is so hard for me to even say. That guy's a fucking dork. He's an idiot. But people love the guy for a second, right? Cuz he was a heavyweight champ. I don't know how many people love Stepe, right? You know, outside of the Midwest, like do people really love Stepe like in California? You know what I mean?
1: It's it's strange too because you know the we the UFC is is obviously caters to the world, um but they cater to American fans, you know that right. it's 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 just, we're in America here and, and we the UFC is is from America. Its its home base is out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Like we we can make we you know we cater to the American audience. That's what that's what the UFC does. Um, and it's really strange that they choose to promote the guy that you know has been speaking English for two years. Right. That they're choosing to promote him over you know the all-American firefighter from Ohio, from Cleveland, Ohio. He's from the Midwest. You know, just blue-collar dude, and, and is, is also just a a bad motherfucker and has right. to be the heavyweight champion of the world, and it's strange that he doesn't get the same promotion. Just doesn't because get it. The, I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand it. It's really, really weird. I can't wrap my head around it. But maybe it's because you know the image that the image that Engano brings, and then you know we we the UFC already has its American crowd, right. so you know they might feel that Ngannou is better for them to bring in a new crowd.
0: Let me um, ask you a question. You strange. Your last name Tejada. Is that is that you're from Miami. So Tejada, is that like uh Spanish Mexican? what what is your last name?
1: So uh not every person that's Hispanic is Mexican. Right. <laughs> I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: is it is um, it Puerto Rican? So, what is Dominic what I don't I don't know.
1: My mother my mother is from uh Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And then my dad is uh from New York, but my grandfather is from
0: Peru, and then my grandmother is from the Dominican Republic. Okay, so you got a little bit... Okay, so let me ask you this question, because this bothers me. As a, as a as I know my family came from somewhere. You know, my last name is either French, Scottish, whatever. It drives me nuts. And this could be a little different from you, because you actually carry a last name that people recognize as some kind of, you know, Spanish, Mexican, Peru, Peruvian, whatever. You know what I mean? You have some ethnicity, right? Which is great. But... I don't understand why people like Jeremy Stevens, who was born in Iowa, who is raised is middle America, right? Iowa is one of the most American States there is. you know, Midwest to the T, those fucking guys, they sell pizza out of gas stations, right? And that's like their best pizza. No knock on Iowa. I've never been, but Ohio is very similar, but he comes out with like a Mexican flag. And it's because his lady is like from Mexico or something. It's like, no one ever name a fighter besides Chris Wyman that comes out to him with an American flag. Every person that has some kind of ethnicity or like, say for example, like I'm, I was told I was from Scotland. Imagine me coming out with like the Scottish flag. I've never been to Scotland. I'm not Scottish. You know what I mean? I'm from America. Like Rose, Naman Yunus, her parents or her grandma's from like Lithuania. She comes out with the Lithuanian flag, which is fine. I respect people that want to respect their heritage. But why doesn't more people come out with the American flag? I don't get it. You know what I mean? I don't know if I would. I definitely want to come out with the fucking Scottish flag or French or whatever I am. But I don't understand why, like, you know, I know culture is very important to people and and people want to honor that and respect that and everything like that. But like Kamar Usman, right? The guy lived in Nigeria until he was three. And this is my guy, right? He lived in Nigeria until he was like three. And then he grew up in the Midwest. Like, he grew up in Nebraska, right? His whole family made a life in America. His whole family is living in America currently in ar- arguably probably a better situation, right? He got a scholarship, a D2 school in Nebraska, whatever. He made a life for himself. He's a world champion. And I am completely okay with him being, I'm from Nigeria. I'm very proud of that. Rocking Nigerian flag, right? Not many people are from Nigeria in the UFC. Well, at one point there weren't. Now there's like three top contenders. However, you never hear him talk about how great Nebraska was or how Nebraska really helped him out. You just always hear him talk about Nigeria. I want more people to be okay with the fact that be like hey i'm american because a lot of people don't like americans right like i know a lot of fucking countries do not like us i understand that and i'm not a big political guy i'm not trying to get on a political rant at all but i can't think of one other fighter not named chris wyman that does, that comes out with american flag
1: colby covington
0: yeah but that's like a bit right i don't think he he does acts. He's, he's doing that little. <laughs> He's doing his little fucking right. bit. Yeah. I like Chris Wyman is like, I mean, I think is all American is his, his nickname.
1: All
0: American. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he comes out with that fucking flag. You see a lot of guys rocking American flag mouthpieces. Like I believe Dill Shaw had one. Uh, several other people had one just, you know, like, let me ask you a question maybe cause yeah. this is another hot take. Would you come out with like a, where your, your family's from or would you come with the American flag or not even a flag, like on your trunks? Like where would it say you were from?
1: So I was I wasn't even born in the continental United States. Oh, I was born born on an island called Marjaro. Okay, where's that? Of um, Polynesia. Okay. I I was born in um, I was born in I was born in the Marshall Islands, which um, my father and my mom lived out there for. I lived there till I was six. So I that would be me me identifying as a Pacific Islander. Okay. Coming over. Which is what I'm not. I'm an American. Sure. I mean, I, right. Obviously, I have citizenship. I was born in U.S. territory. I have dual citizenship. Right. Um. So, I, and that's not my heritage. That's not my background. That's not my ethnicity. That's just where I was born. Sure. Um, and I'm a, I'm 100% American. I, yeah. you know, I don't, I, I, and I hate to break it to any of these fighters that, that are American that come out promoting other countries' flags. You know, it's great to have respect for where you come from. Right. But, you wouldn't be where you are unless it was for
0: Right. That's you what like here. you would like you were born on that, on an island. If you came out and you're walking out and it said Devin Tejada born on the island, whatever, and you want to represent that on your shirt or whatever it is. But when you get announced, you're going to get announced from Miami, Florida, or you're going to get announced from, you know, Spokane, Washington, or wherever, you know, whatever you choose to get announced from. That's where you're going to get announced from. And that's what most of these fighters do. But they're coming out with fucking, you know, I just, this is something I was talking to my buddy about. Yeah. like. It's just like there's not enough fight, like, and it's weird. Like most fighters want to, they they want to stand out, they want to separate themselves from whoever, right? You know, they want to be the spark plug. At this point, my dog's barking. At this point, the spark plug might be, hey, I'm from fucking America because no one else is claiming to be from America at this point. And then I don't want to get in a big. This isn't like a rant. Like I'm like super American because I'm not. I just this is something I've noticed, like. Like hundred
1: percent, hundred percent, and like and it like my, to, it could be potentially
0: to judgment, And look at me, like all my right. list of guys that I like, like all my guys: Conor McGregor, Ireland, right? Uh, um, fucking Darren Till, England. Uh, Kamar Usman, Nigeria. Technically, even though American as well. Corn Sa- Corey Sanhagen might be the only American guy that I root for. So. I'm falling into the victim of, you know what I mean? Like I root for everybody. It doesn't matter where they're from, but I like a guy to come out and be like, you know what? Yeah, sure. My mom's Italian or whatever, but I was born in fucking New York. So I'm a fucking New Yorker. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Tim Elliott really promoted, um, he, you know, Tim Elliott, he was, he really was proud, proud to be an American. He promoted that as well. He doesn't fight anymore. Um, but you're definitely right. I really feel like a lot of these guys, it's like, you, you can't, you lived there till you were three and then you moved here and you started your whole life here, you know. Um, and I'm not like a crazy American. I'm no, not I'm not. Crazy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not 100%. I'm not. I, I just feel like um, you, I understand what you're saying 100%. And I've never really thought that way. But now that you bring it up, I'm just, you know, it kind of, I I like. Why is Tamara Usman promoting Nigeria? Right. And, and I
0: love that he's but like Israel Adesanya is a perfect example. He lived to Nigeria till he was like in his teens and they moved to Auckland, New Zealand. Every chance he gets, he promotes Nigeria, but he also promotes Auckland. He talks about how Auckland changed his life and he'll never move, live anywhere else. That's where he's living. That's where he's staying. He's not moving to America. He's not moving anywhere. That's, they gave him life. And I love that. He's not an American at all, but I love that he's given props to a country So this isn't even an American debate. It's the country that provided you with what you want. And in his case, it was New Zealand. They, he met Eugene, he met everybody over there and he's proud to be from Auckland, New Zealand. He gets announced for being from Auckland, New Zealand, but he's also very proud to be African and being from Nigeria, which I love. Like if you came out and you're very proud to be from the islands, that's great. But you're also like, Hey, I'm also from 305 motherfucker. I'm from fucking Miami, Florida. Don't forget it. Like Horry Maslodal, his, his, I think he's Cuban. But he wants to be known as an American guy from fucking Florida. Like he doesn't want to be like, yeah, his dad is literally from. His dad doesn't speak much English. His dad and his family are from Cuba, but he was born in Miami, Florida. And he goes, "Hey, I'm from Miami. I'm not, you know, I'm Cuban descent, but I'm from." And he walk, and he doesn't walk out with a, a fucking American flag, but he also doesn't like rep Cuba like every chance he gets. But it's just, you know, I don't know. It just it just bothered me. I don't know. We we started on this this rant because Stepe doesn't get enough love. He doesn't come out of the American flag, but maybe that's why a lot of fighters switch it up because a lot of people don't like Americans, even, even Americans don't like Americans. They want to root for the more, you know, the other guy who's a little different. Um, so maybe that's why some of these fighters, you know, go like, Oh, my great grandpa who I never met was from, you know, Sicily. So I'm going to come out with the Italian flag, even though I'd never been to Italy. And I look like, you know, I'm from, you know, Connecticut. I'm going to say I'm from Italian. It's just I don't know because I want to, I want a fighter to come from a different country and say hey I you know I'm repping America you know what I mean because that's not gonna happen
1: no and, and you know what like it's it's a weird we've gone off on a crazy tangent here and it's it's yeah. definitely a strange um, it's definitely a strange
0: I just thought it was a good motion tactic right. I just thought it was good to ask you because you definitely have a more diverse background than me. I'm just a fucking white dude from fucking middle America. Like I don't have strong opinions about many things, but I was just curious to get a different point of view. I mean, you literally, you know, you just told me where your parents are from, right? My mom's from New York. My mom lived, grew up in Long Island and then moved here, you know, obviously well before I was born. My dad was born in Michigan. You told me your mom's from Cleveland, dad's from New York lived in Miami now you're in Washington, you're definitely more diverse than me. So I want to get your opinion on it.
1: And you know, what's crazy too is growing up, you know, um, where, where I grew up in, in Miami and Miami Dade County. Um, the, just the, there's a lot less, um, there's just a lot less Caucasian people. There's a lot of other races there. Um, yeah. there is more African American and more Hispanic than yeah. Caucasian. The percentage of Caucasians really small. So I grew up with a lot of, um, just living in Spokane, Washington, this is the most white people the white, I've ever lived around. white? up there?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. White
1: yeah. or white? White, white. Yeah. White or white. Um, You know, and growing, they, there's no flavor here. I, I really right. miss all the great food and stuff like that and the culture from South Florida. Yeah. Um, But growing up, I remember kids telling me, you know, kids that were first-generation immigrants that came from Puerto Rico, Cuba, they were like, you know, Cuba's so much better. I love Cuba. Right. Know, yada, yada, yada. It's just like – um. Yeah, you don't – your childhood memories of playing on the right. beach there yeah. and you're not, not understanding that you guys have to live off one pound of rice for X amount of – you know what I mean? Right, exactly, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's like Chael Sonnen, <laughs> Chael Sonnen said about this. This is what I love is like if you get a guy from like England or Europe, right? A lot of fighters will come over here and train when they're in their career, but they always go back over to there because that's where they're from. It's a little bit different. You get a guy from Brazil and they're – if you go to a Brazilian, they fight, they're so proud to be from Brazil – fuck you, don't say anything about Brazil. Brazil's the best, blah, blah, blah. The minute they get a little bit of money, they come live in America. They all live in California now, right? But if you say something bad about Brazil, they'll come at your fucking head. But it's like, well, wait a second, why don't you live there? If it's so great, why don't you live there? And I've never been to Brazil. I'm not going to knock Brazil at all. I have just seen video when they had the Olympics there of kids robbing people, broad daylight, trying to steal purses, steal wallets, steal whatever. There's the Fafellas, they, you know, a lot of, you know, they have some hardships. It's a different kind of country down there. Obviously, you don't want someone speaking bad about your country. I get that. But don't always be like, oh, Brazil, Brazil the best. It's like, okay, if it's the best, then you should live there, right? Like, maybe say, like, I love you, Brazil. Thank you, California. But they don't do that. They just say, thank you, Brazil. But Anderson Silva, the minute he got money, he lived in L.A., right? Rafael dos lives in L.A. All these Brazilians, 100%, 100%. all the Gracies live Chris in L.A. Syborg. Yeah, Chris Cyborg lives in Chris L.A. Syborg? Yeah, like yeah. the only so, person I know yeah. stayed in Brazil is Jose Aldo. He's like the only guy that didn't move to America. Demi Maya, he's and, in he's in fucking Nevada. He's in Vegas.
1: And for, yeah. Jose Aldo, that was for his detriment to dude. Um, Brazil's bad. Like the, the as are as bad as you think that you know, like maybe the worst ghetto here. You know, like, South Florida is really bad, Chicago is really bad, there's terrible places in New York, um, there's there's really, there's, you know, there's, there's bad ghettos all around our country here with really rough areas, but as bad as any place can be here, like, Brazil is like a third world country, man, like, it's, those dudes don't have running water and shit, like, right. a motherfucker will stab you real quick if he doesn't have running water.
0: Like my buddies, I have friends, like good friends of mine that are huge, like soccer nuts, right? And the World Cup was there however, however long ago. And uh we were playing like this is years ago, this is like four, maybe eight years ago. I know it comes every four years. I can't remember when it was there, but we were playing on going. Like they were they were playing on going. They're like, Do You want to go? It's actually not that expensive. I'm like, Are you fucking crazy? I'm not gonna go to Brazil. Like, I don't want like being American in Brazil, like in, you know, and with my temper and with my attitude, I'm going to fucking, there's no way I'm going to end up dead. Like I gotta, I gotta be really careful with that shit. I got, I got too, I'm too counter confrontational and I can't be doing that in Brazil with these fucking kids. They'll stab me in the goddamn neck. Um, I, I've never been to Brazil. Like I said, I'm sure it's beautiful. They got great tourist attractions with Rio de Janeiro and the, and the beach and everything like that. But You know, it's just, it's odd to me that there's, you know, America sometimes in MMA is almost like the forgotten country, even though I would say maybe 95% of the people in the UFC train in America. You know what I mean? Like, even if you're from all over the even if you're all over the world, I think you probably train in America, you know, or Canada. I mean, Canada, you know, with Veraz in Canada, Canada. Canada doesn't get enough respect either. Canada's a great hotbed for MMA. They got some of the best fans up there
1: which is yeah Canada is great and you know I'm thinking that um if I how, actually how never close to are live you how,
0: how close are you to Canada you're pretty close aren't you
1: Dude, I could get my I could be so what time is it now um I I could I could be in Canada by oh it's 11 41 I could be in Canada by uh two o'clock yeah
0: like time. what you got like what Vancouver's up there right you're like a Vancouver's by there
1: so I'm, I'm a little bit more, um, inland from there, okay. so I'm close to BC. Okay. I'm pretty close to B. I'm pretty close to BC. Like I'd go to, I'd be in British Columbia. Columbia and then gotcha. also a little bit east of here is like Alberta and then Calgary and they do okay. tons of events in Alberta.
0: Yeah. Like yeah. You've never, you just, hold on. You just said you've never been to a UFC event before.
1: I've never been to a event. Oh, moment. buddy.
0: Oh, buddy. I just bought tickets for Columbus with, uh, with the work guys. Got some good seats. It's like, you definitely can see it better on TV. Like, right. You get the announcers, you get everything. But if you spend good money on seats, because if you're going to go once every year, you might as well spend the money. It's awesome. The energy there, dude. Like when, when Dustin, I'm not a Dustin Poirier fan, I just shit on him on his podcast. But when he came out to the James Brown song, it was electric, right? Like Stipe coming out to Machine Gun Kelly in Cleveland, however many years ago when he fought Overeem, was awesome. I was on my feet. Like it's the energy is crazy, right? Like on the, the steep fight, I had horrible seats. So you basically are watching the fight on the screen, but like on in Atlanta, when I went for Atlanta, I spent good money on some good seats. Awesome. Awesome stuff. And I can't wait for Columbus because Columbus could be awesome. Yeah. If you ever get, if they, I mean, I know that they don't come to Seattle much or Spokane, but if they come somewhere in Canada or somewhere out by you, I would, I would advise you to go. Cause it is Awesome. They- and we'll go, we'll Big plan a trip block. to Vegas one of these days. Cause I would love to do a fight in Vegas I've never been to a fight in Vegas.
1: We got it. That's my, you know, I went to Vegas. I've been to Vegas once and it was just like in passing. My right. girlfriend and I were traveling down to Arizona. We didn't really even do much because we had been driving for days and days straight, eight, 10 hours in the car. We literally would get, we got to Vegas. We Ouch. freaking went to one of the pot shops, bought some weed got Cheesecake Factory and went to the hotel and passed out. Right. Like that was my you know, uh, Vegas. That, that was my Vegas experience.
0: Vegas so, is a great town. I love I've been to Vegas three times and it's it's a great, great town. I went only out of those three times. I went once when fights were on and they weren't on in Vegas. They were in Brazil. It was Bisbing, uh Vitor forever ago. And that was my first bit of gambling. I got the gambling bug because I was one fight off from winning like a twenty seven hundred dollar parlay. And I said, and I had literally the teller had to tell me how to bet. I went up there and I was like, wait, what does this mean? What's going on? What is this? And this guy, you know, hated me, but he was, you know, hated his job, hated his life. I bet he's, I bet he's killed himself by this point. This guy was miserable, but he did help me and explain it to me. And, uh, and I was one fight away, but that's what caught me. The gambling blog was in Vegas. It's unbelievable. My buddy who I watched fights with, he was just there last week. So he just missed Connor. Like, he was a week later after the Conor fight, so it's not good. All right, so I think we got our takes done here, bud. We're at about an hour. I don't want to go much longer. This was a lot of fun. Sorry we had to record it again. Um, I think we kind of repeated ourselves well enough. I think we got uh, most of our takes off the chest. Um, I think it was a good discussion. I think this was a good debut episode, Devin. I got to know a little bit yeah, about your you know, history. You got to know that I'm a white dude from Cincinnati, which I don't think anyone knew. Um, so
1: this no is, idea.
0: yeah, <laughs> right. This is a, this is great. <laughs> Very informative. A lot of people I think are like, wow, really? I thought he was, who well, I don't know. I was going to come up with something, but I got nothing. All right. So this was fun. Have you got any last words, bud?
1: No, man. Um, let, let's, uh, let's, I know we're going to be back on here in a few days doing, you know,
0: doing the pick Yeah, We got the pick later uh, this week.
1: And uh, I'll save my thoughts and my takes on that. event. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. we didn't say anything about that. event.
0: Yeah. There's I didn't want to, I didn't want to go, about. I didn't want to go heavy on. I had a, I had a John Jones take and I switched it out with a Darren till one, because I feel like we'll talk about him a lot. Come Wednesday or Thursday, whenever we record. Um, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to have, you know, too much John Jones. I don't like John Jones. I don't want to talk about him all that much, but this was a good debut show. This will be up on Monday. So you'll listen to this on Monday. And uh yeah, this was a lot of fun, bud. We'll definitely we'll Enjoy, definitely guys. That. Let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely. All right, buddy, I'll see you.
1: Yeah, take care. See talk you. To you, man.
0: That was Devin Tejada, the great Devin Tejada. And uh yeah, it was fun. I, you know, I, I didn't want to go on a super, like, you know, proud to be an American rant you know, with the Hulk Hogan proud to be, an but it just bothers me that there's so many fighters that, that just, you know, it's like they're, you know, great cousins, you know, visit you know, Spain. So they come out with a Spanish flag. I just, I don't understand, you know, I'm okay with people being proud from where they're from, but also be proud from where you like, what raised you and what made you a fighter and what provided you to be a fighter is, you know, like the best training. I don't care what you say. The best training is in the United States of America. If you want to become a successful fighter, you can do it in Europe. You can do it in Canada. Well, Canada's what North America. I'm gonna say North America because Canada's got tri-star and they got some really good gyms out there. So I'm gonna say North America. If training, the best training for MMA is North America. Best training for boxing is in North America. You can be successful elsewhere, but this is where you got to go. So maybe, you know, maybe pay it in spades, maybe respect it a little bit, right? I don't want to say I'm, you know, people shouldn't be proud of where they're from. But they should be, but you know, that's my two cents. All right. Fun show. This is a little fun show we did. Um, probably gonna do it again. Sorry. The first time we recorded, I felt maybe it was a little bit better, a little bit more ener- energetic. I was drinking a soda, so I had a little caffeine in me. Second time I recorded it, my soda was gone. So um, I still felt like it came out pretty well. So let me know what you think about the show. Um, like I said, this is probably going to be like a monthly thing. We'll just catch up on certain things. And, you know, this won't be weekly or anything like that. And uh, that's it. So follow me on MMA Takes Podcast on Instagram. MMA Takes on Twitter. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, whatever. I know you're probably already, if you're listening to this, you probably did that. But go subscribe, rate me, do whatever. All right. Woo! Fuck her back. Come on. Come on, Fuck her. Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. you see that shit? That
1: yeah. he's good he's real good the name is Dolphin.